Welcome to The Future State, the show where we take important topics from different industries, dissect them, and look at where they're heading in the future. Nick, we're going to jump into a, a pitch episode this week, correct? Correct. Can't wait. Just so everyone understands the format, Nick is going to pitch at me, Shark Tank style, slightly better than your average Dragon's Den. What we usually do is we go through a, a little framework that we put together, so what it is why it's the right time or right idea, how it would be executed, and then the business side. So we talk through the total addressable market, or we'll refer to it as TAM, the difficulty, how we're actually going to make money if we were to do this idea, and then any competition that exists. Over to you, Nick, and your pitch. Thanks, Danny. I was going to do a slightly different one, but I've changed tack last minute because I really like this one. This is an idea I was actually close to doing with someone. So I might send it to them, see if they give it a listen. We still speak about it, that it was potentially a good idea. We'll see how <laughs> what everybody thinks. But I think this idea started with the premise that everybody has similar issues around eating. I struggle to make the right choices, the right eating choices that align with my health and nutrition goals. Whether that's in the evenings at home, whether that's lunchtime at work, whether that's breakfast meeting, whether that's on a night out with friends, grabbing some dinner. There's temptation everywhere. There's lots of things that affect my mood, affect my decision-making process, and that conflict against my health and nutrition goals. And it's tough out there. It's tough out there to make the right choices. And personalised nutrition is definitely the way forward, but you need some help. So the idea is called Foodbot. It's a personalised nutrition assistant that helps you eat the way you want, when you want. That's the elevator pitch in a nutshell. So what you want, when you want. So is it gonna, is it something that's going to help you make the right decisions, so better decisions, or is it just going to help you make decisions in general? It's going to help you make the right decisions in different scenarios. So I'll run you through some scenarios. So I'm at home, there's ingredients in my fridge, but I don't know what to cook. Usually what that means is I'm going to go for something easy, snacky. It's not going to be what I'm looking for. It might be late at night. I might need to take that into account, but I'm probably not going to. I'm just going to grab whatever I can because I'm hungry and it's late and I've got to eat and then I've got to sleep. And obviously in that scenario, decisions can go wrong. The other one is a classic. I'm at work. I'm out for lunch. I'm scratching around. Actually came up with this idea, I think, maybe before Deliveroo and Uber Eats were super big. So it's, there's a lot more choice now, but it's still difficult to make the right choices. Run Uber Eats, run Deliveroo. You might search healthy and loads of stuff pops up. But what is actually healthy if I slab loads of halloumi over the top of a vegetarian salad? Does that still make it healthy? I'm going to tell myself it does, but is that the right choice based on my personalized nutrition goals and what I'm trying to achieve? And then I've had some awesome breakfast meetings over the years. I was addicted to breakfast meetings at one point because I used to learn to <laughs> London's best breakfast places to try them all out and see which one I liked the best. I actually had another idea called brunch and something. We can do that another time. But yeah, I used to go modern pantry. Oh, yeah, we had a few yeah. Granger and Co's. Yeah, still go there. 
went there recently. Great scrambled eggs. But same thing applies. Like, I'm out for breakfast. What's the best thing I can eat? And my mind's telling me full English is, or something along those lines, or lots of fat and carbs seems a good choice, but it's not always. And, and if you're trying to be strict, you know, and stay in line with your fitness goals and nutrition goals, then there's temptation everywhere. So all these scenarios exist. They exist for me. I think they exist for kind of most people, whether you're out for dinner, at home, grabbing things on the go. It's too easy to make the wrong choices. And this is where Foodbot comes in. The kind of why is that I believe that everyone should eat in a way that powers their body and mind. It's important not only physically but mentally that we make these right choices. You do a cheat day, you feel bad about yourself, you've got really like rationalize my cheat day. Ah, oh, like, yeah, if you know it's it's just one day, like it doesn't really matter. And it doesn't, probably, but it'd be great if Foodbot could guide you through this and help you make some better choices along the way. So when you're cheating, whatever you're eating is maybe the best choice possible from the cheats out there and the kind of what is it's a personalized nutrition ai and it's delivered by voice mainly and that's via your smartphone it could be alexa or it could be google home so i'm in my kitchen i can't say the words because my own device may pick it up and start talking to me when i don't want it to but i'd say those words hey whatever and i'd say to it foodbot i need some help Foodbot would then ask me, tell me what's in your fridge. And I could give it five ingredients that were in my fridge. It would then give me a recipe of what I can cook with those five ingredients. That's just the beginning. This is just the most basic level of this idea. And there's a lot of different ways we could take this and build out on it, link it up with shopping and supermarkets and everything else. But that's the premise of the most basic idea. And I think the fact that it's voice makes it very easy to do. Not a lot of typing, not a lot of searching. A lot of the time, it can be overwhelming, the amount of data that we get once we do a recipe search. And you're looking at ratings, you're looking at how many people have rated it, you're looking at ease of cooking it. The choice is just too much sometimes. And then you've got to watch a video and then you might not like that one. Then you've got to watch another one. Sometimes we just need to be told what to do. And we need to be told by something that understands what our nutrition goals are. What we're doing at that moment. Are we on a diet? Are we trying to eat during certain times? So a lot of the time, personally, I do fast-based diets because I believe in the wider health benefits than just outside of weight loss. So I usually do the 16-8. So I try and eat between midday and eight. Obviously that can creep sometimes and you're keeping a track of it yourself. But even Foodbot would help you keep track of it. You could just update Foodbot at what time you had your lunch and then it would almost start the time of the window for when you could have that dinner. And then when you get there, it can tell you the right things to have. So you're not looking at nighttime digestion, how you're going to feel in the morning. You can layer in, oh, am I doing a workout in the morning? Am I going out to work early in the morning? What do I need this fuel to power in my body the next day? So uh, general premises, I like it. I think there's a few questions. Obviously, we haven't gone through the full breakdown. So it's, we've got to the elevator pitch yeah. section. You said it's going to be voice. Does it need another trigger? Because I think what happens a lot of the time with uh, voice is it's because it's not exactly conversational. It tells you what you need or what you want to cook. 
and then it might it will need another trigger to give you that like extra hook in so for instance if it was for so you say hey ai i've it's got food, food, food bot, bot. yeah right. sorry food bot hey food bot i've got chicken uh, roasted veg spinach and carrots in the fridge and then it says hey nick you should make a roasted vegetable chicken with rice x right but does it need to then text you or email you the next and i've got it covered don't worry i got i got it covered i know where you're coming from there's an app as well so it sends the recipe to the app notification boom click in there's your recipe and it's actually then telling you how to make it there's also as part of that app a barcode scanner as well so if you're out and about and it recommends you something you can always double check it with a scan or check other options with a scan to see how closely they're aligned to Foodbot's recommendation. And then the other thing that the app is key for is when you download the app and set it up for the first time, that's where you set your personalized nutrition goals. It also links to any connected fitness devices you have. So it does the calorie tracking from there as well. So it kind of knows where you're at each day. Okay. So the next question I I jotted down was does it need to select one meal because choice paradox is a huge problem for humans everyone believes that humans need choice they don't it goes against how we're wired does it need to learn enough about you about your likes and dislikes to give you the one choice that you should eat versus five choices that you could make or you, you could bake for instance and out of those five choices it might be a little bit too much and you actually start getting disengaged with it. Totally agree. Too much choice is paralysis. Foodbot becomes basically your boss. We could call it food boss. Might be a better name, but we'll work on that. But it needs to tell you what to eat and when to eat it and give you small amounts of choice, but not too much. I think like any AI, it does learn you better after t- over time. But I think also you've almost got to trust in what it tells you to eat and follow that a little bit like you would if you were following a diet now a lot of the time so i did joe wicks i'm like let me tell you about every diet in the world that i've tried now my family is serial dieters we were brought up like mum's always on a diet sister nieces me it was rosemary Connolly. it was weight watchers it was slimming world all of these right and you do get like really good choice. You get this big book, like Slimming World, for example. They give you this big cookbook of things that you can have and da-da-da. Like, I ain't got time for that. I don't want to read that. It's it's too much. And you go in there and you're like, everything sounds quite nice and blah, blah, blah. And it's the same, actually, with things like HelloFresh, Gusto, where you get these at-home meals. And you look through the book and you're like, oh, that, that one sounds nice. And then you order it and it takes about an hour and a half to cook it. And you're like, oh, my God, Jesus, I could have done so much more with my life during this time. Too much choice is bad. So it learns your habits over time. It learns your living habits, your eating habits, your likes, your dislikes. How I imagined it in the app is when you come into the app, you go Tinder on food. So you swipe left or right, it presents you with like meat options first, then goes into veg, then goes into salad, covers a lot of your kind of main food, foods, breakfast stuff. Obviously, before that stage where you get served up these left or right swipes for dislike, 
you choose your nutritional profile. So obviously if you're dairy free, it's not going to serve you up a load of dairy stuff. So yeah, you go through it pretty quick. You tell it what you like and you go from there. Okay. Sounds reasonable. So after you're, you've gone through your swiping, you've cooked a few times, do you need another feedback loop? So do you need more engagement? Do you need to tell it that you enjoyed the you meal do. versus you, you didn't like the meal versus it took too long? You do. You need first and foremost star rating of the meal out of five. How many stars do you give it? Nice and easy. Is it one that you'll come back to four stars and above? You'll come back to it below four. So one, two or three, it gets canned goes out of your recipe book instantly automatically no sorting needed foodbot does it all for you so totally right you do need that feedback loop and it's super important that you don't keep getting served up and the ai's got to learn as well so afterwards you'll get that notification maybe an hour afterwards maybe a follow-up the next day in the morning or at a periodic time that kind of makes sense around your living habits and you can put those in the app as well what hours do you work when do you commute when do you usually take lunch when do you usually eat your dinner and all around that information it will send you smart notifications to gather that feedback that's why i like the the kind of voice side of it because it can just prompt you to ask you the question a bit more conversational way i know it's difficult to get there with a lot of these things because they're very rigid but it is coming conversational ai and it can just prompt you hey how was your dinner last night tell me out of five stars what would you rate it and then like you said maybe how do you feel yeah yeah exactly i think that's a really important point do you feel bloated do you feel good the next morning do you have energy we could come up with some categories probably around that that are the most important and get right to the root of how we judge how we judge this idea uh, this feedback loop and categorization of what we've had and how we feel there's something i think that Hugh did that others have probably struggled with he'll come out with a few different flavors and then a few different skews and product lines and then it was on you to find your flavor versus having to understand. So basically they were smart enough to know that you should try as many flavors as possible. I've actually never had one, but just from many people seeing its praises and others having some issues with it. But I think what they were relatively smart at is keeping the skews low and keeping the options low, but it was on you as the person to understand what your flavor is. I think one of the challenges is with anything like a food box, you know, food delivery is you rely on what you already know, but you have to input it into a system Mm. for it to learn you, whereas you already know you. So I think often it's like a, it'd be fun to explore for a little while, but then when it fails to either remember or serve you something, or it serves you a slightly different version, it's going to be very difficult for the human to accept but obviously that's in in a lot of the a lot of the training of the ai or once it hits scale it'd be quite clever mm. i think that how you feel in after the meal and then the next morning is going to be important because with a lot of foods intolerances and allergies now a lot of people will won't feel it straight away and then they might feel it the next morning so it's it's almost going to need a lot of touch points early on but that's something that might need to be consideration. The other question I had quite quickly was dates are really important on food. Mm. 
So would it, for instance, when you use a Cardo, mm. um, for people outside the UK and the US, it's one of the higher end food supermarkets that you order from. And it gives you all the dates. It tells you when the food is going to be uh, coming out of date. So you know when to eat your food by. Whereas the smaller super, you know, the less technical or technologically advanced supermarkets don't do that. And it's a game to find out when you need to eat something by when. So it might need to have some sort of either integration or, or smart scan. Yeah. Like either via like yeah, yeah. barcode. I've, for I've thought of this. That. I've thought of this. So... Yeah, obviously we got the the barcode scanner built into the app, but the the way I thought of it was when everyone's got this connected fridge with the camera in it, you're putting things, you're scanning things into the almost like a checkout into your fridge from your shop, or it, if it was an Ocado, for example, that data could actually transfer to your fridge, and your fridge would know what's in there when the sell by dates are. This is a big problem as well, by the way. We we got Sainsbury's delivery like two weeks ago on a on a monday night at 9 p.m and three of the things that got delivered went off the next day it's like how are we going to eat those or or one might have gone off the same day it's like how are we get the pickers they just pick anything and we like sainsbury's so no offense sainsbury's but yeah you need to do a better job on on the smarts around this and i think you know there needs to be supermarkets need to do more in this cardos out there because that's a totally different model it came delivery first very big on its kind of distribution centers and technology around picking and everything else you're not just getting people picking supermarket aisle food and obviously they're told to get rid of the stuff with the worst sell by dates on as well because it leads to less wastage which i do agree with but sometimes the context of that is just not relevant i think the supermarkets need to do more to get rid of that going out of date stock in cheaper and more efficient ways but yet foodbot would link in with this wider ecosystem of smart fridges delivery systems and again this is stuff that would develop over time what's going out of date when's it going out of date and that helps the prioritization of the food like everything it's got to start off slightly more manual and then we'll layer in the levels of sophistication as we go as the market maturity comes for things like smart fridges, if it ever comes, by the way. But yes, things like that, gain market penetration and consumer uptake, you could easily weave those in, working with an Ocado to strengthen their proposition because they integrate with Foodbot would be huge. I wonder if there's a and also another tie-in with the food boxes. So like mm-hmm. you said, the Gusto, the Halle Fresh, Mindful Chef, etc there'd be something that they would potentially want to connect into. I know in the first series of lockdowns over 15 months ago, we struggled to get any sort of food delivered at one point. And it was a game, but I think I've mentioned on the previous podcast, I came across a farm, it was actually an ex-colleague's farm, uh, and they d- delivered us a, a food box and it was incredible. The produce was incredible. They're called Watts Farm and just for a shout out. And the food was amazing. The quality was amazing and the presentation is at yours as well. And I think there's going to be a lot of people, especially with some of the potential food issues that we might have across the world, particularly what we're having in Britain at the moment, where you might have to shop more local or shop more seasonal. There might be something where the farms... Well, local stores can help you 
um, by providing you with dates and that's something you can either scan you can add into it obviously with the new ios 15 update there's a lot of scan text mm. that can happen now which is a brilliant feature which you can copy and paste so i wonder if it's something that you can prepare other companies for they'd actually want to build into because they understand the early adopter cycle and they'd want to build for the for the 16 to 18 percent of early adopters or earliest adopters as opposed to do the peloton model as opposed to like fitness for all i think this is smart in, in the fact that it will target very specific types of early adopters or those who are aware of how their body acts or reacts. I wonder if it the TAM will be smaller than what you think it might be. But yeah. again, that's something that would have to be proven out. Yeah, I think the audience segmentation piece in the targeting is really interesting because you've got people like gym goers, right? And you've got so many different types of gym goers. Am I going to gym to build muscle? Am I going to lose weight? Am I going to increase cardiovascular fitness? What is my What are my need states for the gym? And then I think outside of things like the gym, you've got diet and dieters. Like, why are they dieting? What is it for? I think, like myself, I diet because I believe in the science behind fast-based diets because they improve a lot of different functions within your body and it helps keep my weight in check maybe a little bit easier than if I'm eating three four meals a day and there's different diets different strokes for different folks and then there's you've got different you've got food allergies and intolerances which is the work I did with Spoon Guru and they do a fantastic job on helping supermarkets to personalize shopping baskets based on customer profiles so there's lots going on in this space and in terms of the TAM I looked at it as an overall industry TAM figure rather than broken down into the segments but I do agree you're always going to get early adopters on this but I think personalized nutrition for me is such a huge area and we were looking at this idea actually we were looking at Foodbot an unknown person and I actually two other people and I five maybe six years ago and we wanted to do it then really when Alexa first came out, I saw the opportunity for this. But if you're looking at, you know, the growth of the personalized nutrition market, the figures are 8.2 billion USD as a market size in 2020 with projected growth to 16.4 billion by 2025. So it's becoming huge. And we're seeing players in this market. You mentioned Huel. There's other people like Herbalife. We've seen, like you said, the we've seen those packaged food suppliers to your door, the HelloFreshes, the Gustos. I think my problem with those guys is it's not personalized enough. And to do it at scale is very difficult to do it. And I think what we've seen an uptake in is small chef kitchens doing personalized meals for clients you especially see this in professional sports there's some really good ones really good guys that are doing this in football professional football and the players have just delivered the meal to their door there's no choice here it is uh, you might get a menu of three choices beforehand but generally it's not much choice it just gets delivered you eat it you're eating for the purpose of fueling your body and aiding recovery between matches and training. And I think for professional athletes, right the way through to gym goers, serious gym goers who take their gym seriously and do it on a regular basis. I think that we're all becoming athletes in a certain way. I say all of us, but I <laughs> probably got my Peloton hat on there because they just call us athletes on Peloton all the time. But I really feel there's this shift to everybody. I, I, 
What was the quote, actually? There was a quote recently, which was a really good one, which is super relevant to this, which is, I'm advising a, a personalised fitness company as well at the moment, which is super fun, and I'm just really into it. But the quote was Bradley Wiggins, people do what the pros do. It's so short and sweet, but it's right. It's you look to professional athletes. What are they doing? I'm following them on Instagram. I'm looking at the training regimes. I'm looking at their where are they eating? What are they eating? And it's so powerful. And we've seen a lot of athletes getting into this space more on the fitness side, more than anything else, like Beckham and his partnership with F45. People want to get involved in this space because they believe in it. And I think it's actually an athlete first space because they get all the benefits given to them on a plate people bringing this type of stuff to them and i don't see why that this shouldn't be everybody's way of living in terms of personalized nutrition we're all built differently we all, our bodies all have different body types all have different needs and there's some really interesting research going on as to how our bodies digest what our stomachs do to digest food the way it affects our body the way it affects our fat intake and there's so much going on in this space right now that foodbot could be the perfect companion for people to eat the way they want to eat and achieve their personalized nutrition goals i don't disagree the the issue that i would have with a road cyclist who has had some influence and was a gold medalist right yeah one of the best is yep no, no discount in that people will copy but people will drop out very early on peloton has a phenomenal business model because it keeps you tied in because you you have to spend a phenomenal amounts of money every month to be part of that community and they've engineered it in such a smart way that they do it and bringing on you know usain bolt and everyone else is is a great smart move for them something that's app based that's quite time intensive unless you have some of the celebrity endorsements early on you're going to be someone who's going to be high friction so you're going to add friction to it so you know you might reduce your waste you might help you feel better but is that enough to, to counterbalance that that's something that would have to be decided to wrap pretty up good at user experience design not to blame man trumpet, but I could build it. I could build it so you'd use it. You're a tough customer, Danny, but I can do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of the person who is a couple of stone overweight, has tried diets, is super busy, he's got kids. Nick sometimes will call me from the car when we're trying to arrange the podcast and set sessions in. And he's often going to get food or on the way back from getting food. And it's because of all the, the challenges you have as a parent and as a professional, your time is limited. Plus, you, know, you have to balance home life and work life. And I think one of the major issues that comes up in some of the work that I do and some of the experiences I've had is a lot of professionals, especially executives, are so time restricted that they'll grab something on the go and it'll often be either the same thing or the same four things every week. And... Eat. food is typically three meals a day with some snacks and the first thing you do when you try and lose weight is you try and change and it's quite difficult and then you're, you're dependent on what's around you so however great a UX is or however great an app is at trying to help you it's not going to replace the need for more time or better choice or making different decisions well. yeah 
So. Yeah, but I, I, I think it's about the motivators here. I think that case, business case you mentioned, or user uh, scenario that you mentioned there is really interesting because it's like the exec in a in an office grabbing stuff on the fly. This is coming from what sounds like the overweight traveling salesman that his car is just breadcrumbs everywhere because I'm eating in the car all the time. <laughs> Yeah, so whether you're like, uh, whether no, you're no, an no, SME, no. yeah, no, 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 yeah, go, 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 listen go. to this one. So if you're an SMB leader, so if you've got mm. a small business, that apart from in the pandemic, you typically either eat in a car or you eat at your desk and you get crumbs in your keyboard. And if you're, you know, a head of or above, you typically have the same constraints. It's just at a desk or on the run, or you might be able to sneak a 20 minute sit down mm. somewhere. And often it's... Uh, Pret sandwich or other mm. sandwich providers are available, right? But there are good you, ones uh, other than yeah. Pret. But they're they're built on convenience. McDonald's are everywhere because it's built on convenience. Starbucks oh, yeah. are everywhere because it's built on convenience and multi-touch point and yeah. knowing that they need scale. It is convenience, so, but it's the motivation of that person. So if I told you as an exec, I can get you an extra two percent brain power. I can make you. 5% better in your day by making the right food choices and eating at the right times and making sure you're consuming water and blah, 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 blah. Like, it's like an athlete, right? Athletes will do things to give them half a percent, 1% extra speed or endurance or strength or what is small margins. And I think the way that the work market is shaping up we've got more of a focus on health and well-being we've all been there right we've woken up in the morning we've had a crap night's sleep we've had a pizza for dinner or similar and it's all sitting on our stomachs we're lethargic in the morning our brain's foggy we got a nine o'clock meeting can't even think we're doing a we're doing a <laughs> we're doing a, a pitch on a podcast uh, <laughs> after waking up at four a.m. It's it happens all the time. We're everybody that's happened. I don't know one person that's like optimized all the time. And I think it's having this framework in place that that really helps you to become more optimized and give you those small gains and basically guide you through life. Like I've spent the best part of my working life working out let's say 20 years working out how i get myself to an optimum level and the certain things i only discovered probably in the last five to ten years like meditation like brain training because they came available on apps working out that exercise gives me some nice endorphins that make me feel mm. good for the day and attack it in a positive way there's those playbooks are still evolving for all of us and i think what what foodbot is doing is helping you form that playbook from a food perspective and bringing it through to a performance perspective whether that performance is in the gym that's where you want your gains whether it's in the workplace that's where you want your gains whether it's your home life you just want to feel happier and healthier and more confident like it can help you get those gains anywhere and i think it's down to the person's motivation to make this work and i think you give foodbot 30 days of telling you what to eat and when to eat it and everything else tracking your results and you get a nice report at the end of that 30 days that says you did this you slept this you ate this you've achieved this like blah, blah. and if it works for you then you flip onto our subscription model so i'll just run you through the plans because monetization needs to happen here obviously you're going to get something for free and then we're going to do an upgrade it's going to be the limited functionality or limited requests to foodbot to track certain things one recipe a day whatever it is 
we'd figure it out based on what's going to give you the best results for you to then subscribe. And you can have basic advanced pro packages, $9.99, $14.99, $19.99 a month. Maybe we're up those slightly. Um, but just as an easy example of what the business model could be here. And the functionality would be tiered between the subscriptions. So for example, your pro package connects to your fitness trackers, connects to your supermarket, does everything that you're going to want it to do. And then you tier down from there to the basic, which is maybe just recipe suggestions based on what you've got in your fridge or where you're going for lunch. I think it's an easy monetization model. I think the price point is in line. And I think as a society, we're going to start recategorizing what we pay for things and how we perceive value. We're talking about body, mind, personalized nutrition. I mean, you go and see a nutritionist, what's one session going to cost you? Like 100 quid, 60 quid for an hour, and they're probably not going to get very far. So you're probably going to need to do X amount of sessions with them. So this isn't, I'm not, we're not trying to replace nutritionists here. We're going to work with nutritionists to form the basic programs. And then you're going to be able to subscribe for a very affordable price that is in line with a gym membership or something else. And if it's helping you make those smart decisions, helping you, you feel better about yourself, the same way in going to the gym helps you and you can take that across your whole life, then I think it's a, a no-brainer for me anyway, but I'm trying to sell it too. Cool. So I would say my recap of it would be, if we are to go through the model, would be what is it so it's a ai driven food bot it is what you want when you want it helps you make the right decision or better decisions is probably how i would reframe it in a you know more of a marketer's spiel it's ai driven by voice but it's then backed up by the app and app notifications it's deliberately trying to reduce some of the choice but still give you enough choice it will need quite a lot of engagement so it will need input from the user so it'll need to understand whether it's four star or five star and then actually if it's four or five star it can resurface it over time once you've got the the equipment in or the food in your fridge why do we need it is it's still difficult to make the right choice it's what makes it healthy or the right choice is is that it's trained and it's for you that it exists for everyone. It powers your body and mind, and then it makes you f feel okay about a cheat day. And then how it's going to be delivered by voice in the app. It will learn your input and by your input and engagement. It will help you with nutritional guides, and it will have the barcode scanner to help you understand food dates, understand uh, nutritional value. The TAM is obviously super large. Nick mentioned 8.2 billion in the US. It would be similar to how people consider the personal and professional shifts. And then the difficulty is going to be high because of the the deliberate input that's needed from the consumer and how long it will take to learn it. And then how it's going to make money is subscriptions from four ninety nine up to fifteen ninety nine. So I the one kicker I would have is complex habits take between sixty six and eighty eight days to form and this needs it's quite complex what it needs. So I think there's that side of it. And then uh, TTV, which is what I deem time to value. So it's the exchange that you get as a consumer by using a product. I think you'd need it within a week. Otherwise, people would drop out quite early on. If they've invested 15.99 into it, 
the first month they might take they might give it a month but i think if they don't feel better or they don't understand that the alcohol they're consuming or the the extra treat and extra helping of the ice cream when you're out eating is going to uh it's going to hinder you i think that's something that to get there for me personally i wouldn't invest in this because of the <laughs> because of how complicated it might be for everyday Joe blocks but i think there will be a significant amount of people that would try it and like all the food box food box businesses and delivery businesses it's just how good your marketing is and how good your retention strategy is yeah it's the same as everything how good's our marketing how deep are our pockets consumer-led product that's what it's about. Early adopters, we target people with Alexa in their home, at least to begin with, because we could get that voice across like pretty easy and start a little trend, say something cool to activate food, but I think it would be fun. So yeah, there's lots of opportunity here. It's gonna go live on Kickstarter, Danny, in November. And if you're not an early backer, you're gonna miss out on the discounted subscription rate. You snooze, you lose, but this is the next big thing. So. Tell us in the comments, in, a, in the feedback, get in touch with us on Twitter, email us, let us know if you want to be in on the Kickstarter and we'll, we'll spin it up and get it up there and, and see where this goes. I've had a few conversations with people about it over the years. A lot of people were very jazzed. They might have been polite to me, Danny wasn't. And we can see where it goes. But that's my pitch. I thought I did a good job. I thought it was a, uh, a good job. I'm probably harder to convince after having a Domino's last night. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> good context for the pitch. And I was up at 4am. I wasn't in the best place me uh, psychologically, mentally, alertness. The coffee's helped, but not enough. We have the futurestate.co.uk, which will have the framework. It will have a, the, the full breakdown. Um, we'll put a link in the show notes. If you have one that you'd love to pitch, Nick and I, definitely do get in contact. Uh, and I've got an email client idea that I'm going to pitch in a couple of weeks' time. So thanks again for listening, and uh, we look forward to pitching at you guys in the next few weeks. Thanks, guys. See you next time.